everybody. Dean Crisp here back in the studio. Man, so excited to be on the Straight Talk for Leadership podcast again. We're going to be talking this week about the book, The Leadership Recipe. It's a book that I put out a couple of months ago. It's been available on Amazon, and we're going to do this recording to get you to really see what's inside of this book, because I really believe this is a life changer. This book can make you more effective and a better leader every single day. So we want you to run out there, look at the copies, look at it on Amazon, take a look, buy the book. We really think it's important because it's a life changer. All right, set back as we always say, turn up that volume and get ready to change your life. Hi, I'm Dean Crisp. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So sit back, turn up the volume, get ready to change your life. All right, folks. Hey, Dean Crisp, as promised, we're in the studio now. I am joined by Kelly Corvin and Mackenzie Craig. They're going to be with me because they had an integral part in putting the book together. This week's podcast is going to be about the book, The Leadership Recipe. And I put that book out a couple of months ago. We're getting ready to do a relaunch on the book so that folks will know exactly what's inside that book. And I promise you that book is a life changer. If you read that book, every aspect of your leadership is going to get better. It was written with a practical leadership application in mind, which simply means that keeping it real, that giving you the best tips, the best chance to be a good leader, not with a lot of, let's say, and I know this is important in reading books, but when you talk about kind of a textbook style, this is a story. This is an allegory. And you know, it's funny. I didn't even really know what that was till I wrote it. But it's an allegory. It's a story about an individual who doesn't know how to lead or really doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to leadership. And all of us have been there. We have been there where we didn't know what we were doing as a leader. We were just thrust into it. We might have prepared for months to take a test. We might have prepared to be number one on the test, if you will. We got the job, and then all of a sudden, we find ourselves on night shift, not knowing how to execute exactly what leadership is. And leadership is both an art and science, and the science is kind of understanding what it do and how it relates to your brain, how it relates to what we connect with and all those things. The art is the execution of it. So this book is all about the execution of leadership, and you can do this, read this book and execute it to the highest levels of leadership. So folks, I want to tell you, I'm joined by Kelly, as I said earlier, and McKenzie. Folks, thank you all very much, Kelly. Thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. No, it's always great to, to be with you. And I think this is a good opportunity to discuss the book and kind of what inspired you to write the book. Yeah. And Mackenzie, thank you for joining us, Mackenzie. It's good to have you. And, and Mackenzie did, and Kelly both did a lot of graphic designing in the book, and they put together a lot of these details and they did a fabulous job of, of creating these graphics and putting them together and really balancing out where they go. And, you know, the book has got a lot of graphics in it. So for those of you who need a lot of pictures, it ain't got a lot of pictures, but it's got a lot of graphics in it which kind of tell you how to do what we're talking about in the book. So it's really great. Mackenzie, thank you for being with us. 
You're welcome. Um, this is actually the first podcast I've ever done. So, <laughs> well, there you go. We're glad to have you. I know you guys got some questions, and I got some for you about how you did it. So, we want the audience out there to really enjoy this book because I think it is like uh, really got some great information in it. It's got some uh, just practical stuff that you don't think about as a leader, and you kind of sometimes you don't realize how important it is. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I messed that up. That's so true. Well, and that's one thing that I will bring McKinsey in on, which is she helped a lot in making sure that we could visualize a lot of that for the readers. So a lot of the graphics in there that are on the focus board, you'll see those throughout the book. Um, and it really, the graphics, I think, and McKinsey, I know you had fun doing them, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I started the process and then you made it better, so... Um, and that's what it's all about as a team approach, but just taking those things. And I think what it really created in the end was a very cohesive look um, with the pull quotes at the beginning of each chapter and then just the consistent layout of the book. And, and it makes it easy for the reader to follow along, I think, or to find where they are in the, in the recipe process. Well, let, let me talk about that for a second. And McKenzie, I want you guys to pitch in on this because what we originally did was going to create a recipe card. You remember that when we we're going mm -hmm. to keep, which we actually did. Yeah. But then we talked about let's let's write journal entries as if the person's writing in the journal. So right. yeah, y'all talk about that because y'all created all that. Um. Well, just like not a lot of people like to read, but. I guess since I'm a creative person, I love reading, but I I love it even more if I can visually understand as I'm reading. And I think a lot of people are like that. Um, so I think adding visuals and graphics to the book kind of helped you on your journey as far as like, like you just said, when you have a GPS, you wanna know where you are and where you're going. And I think the graphics kind of were like a GPS as you read the book, because it's like, hey, we just came from this ingredient. Now we're on this ingredient. And it just it kind of visually helps you feel like you're on the right track, because um, even though each ingredient is different and each ingredient is important in its own right, having the graphics and the recipe card throughout the book was just I think enhanced what you were actually saying in the wording. Um, and I think it just flows really well together. And the more I look at this book, the more I like it because it's like, it's really put together mm -hmm. an easy read, but it's also got those graphics in there. And, and here's what the tendency to, for people to take a book like this. And the one thing good about it is, of course, you want to read the story from beginning, middle, end, because it makes more sense. But once you read it, you can pick up, you can just turn it to a chapter and all of a sudden get a real deeper dive into that, what that chapter means. Mm -hmm. This book's not written to be an all-inclusive leadership journal or a recipe. It's my recipe to what I've done to be successful, uh, you know, whatever people may think that is, but I've had a good time at it and it's served me well. But when you look at this book, it's like there's a message within the message with the graphics, if you will. 
And I, and I really like that. And honestly, the biggest mistake people will make when they pick a book up like this is they'll go to like one of the chapters and read, well, okay, that's emotional intelligence. Well, I'm an emotionally intelligent individual. Uh, I know I don't really need to read that or humility. I'm really a humble person. But then when you look at it, you are zero, you have zero emotional intelligence and you're zero humble. You know, it, it's, it's, it, you got to look at it and say, how do I get better in it and read the story with that? So I think that really right. works, you know, and, and I think the graphics in this really add a lot to the book. Now, Kelly, let me get back to answering your question for a second and we'll come back to yeah. the graphics because you said answering the question of why. Right. Now, remember yes, what I said, let, let, let's say it again. I said, what's the definition of leadership? It's motivating people to do what they don't want to do at a high level. You know, right. and that's that's really leadership. I challenge anybody to find a better definition than leadership than that right there, because that is really, truly what I found over 40 years of struggling to lead myself and lead other people is if you can get people to do what they don't want to do at a pretty high level, they will develop the self-discipline to later do it when they want to do it, which creates the self-motivation. Mm -hmm. So that is so true. And, and, you know, we laugh about this in our own company here, but sometimes I do that with Mackenzie. I'm like pushing her to motivate. I'm like, all right, Mackenzie, you got to do this. You got to do this. And then she's pushing me and the same thing with Kelly. We're trying to push each other to do things we don't want to do, because if we develop the discipline to do it, we know we're going to execute it at a high level. So it's pretty crazy. Let me talk about the why for a minute. Now, I know Simon Sinek talks about the why, and I recommend everybody read the book, start with the why. Yes. Simon Sinek talks about the golden circle and there's no better read than that. And I am no way, no how comparing Simon Sinek, me to Simon Sinek. I'm just saying, when you start understanding the why at a deeper level, you understand two things. This is what I want you to understand that I found out about the why. The why is a tremendous self motivator. The why is probably the most magical motivator on the planet. Now, why do I say that? Because there are two actual whys that you have in your body, brain, whatever, that literally drive you every single day. Now, let me explain the first why. The first why is the inquisitive why, which means you want to know why someone's doing something. Like if I said, okay, let's go outside and run a mile. You'd be like, why are we doing that? Or I'll say, uh, let's do it this way. Or you'll say, why don't we try this? And that, the first question comes out is, why are we doing it? Because when most people ask that, they're like, well, the old way is good enough, right? So mm -hmm. we think we're not going to change. But you have an inquisitive why that absolutely drives your motivation. So when an employee is asking why, they're really wanting to know the inquisitive why, which when you answer that, it creates a self-motivation that gets an employee to do it at a higher level. And this is where this drives me nuts about uh, older leaders. They hate why. When somebody yeah. says why, they take mm -hmm. it as an affront to them or they take it personally. But the person is literally really just answering the inquisitive why, which motivates them. They're wanting to be motivated themselves and they want to know the why. Now, that's the first one. Now, the real why is the reason, it's the deeper internal why of why am I doing this with the bigger picture? Why? Like, what does this matter with? How does all these pieces come together? Like, for example, you know, my why 
the meaning why, the reason why, the deep why is I want to inform, inspire, and educate, help people live a purpose-driven life. That's my why of leadership. My why of working out is to live a long life, have a good quality of life. Those are the whys that we have to have to jumpstart our motivation. We have to answer that why. Like if I were to say to you, all right, Mackenzie, I want you to start running five miles a day. You're going to say, why? Well, if I answer the inquisitive why, because, okay, it's going to give you, you know, you're going to get in better shape. It's going to be tough. It's going to get better shape. But the real why is because it's going to drive your health to another level. And, and now you've got the answer to both of them and you will absolutely start moving on your own. And that's what you got to do with employees. They got to know what's the bigger over why. One of the things about being significant is you got to know why it matters. And if you don't have that answer because it matters or you don't understand why it does, you won't do it. Mm -hmm. And then the why is actually, okay, why do I pick up that piece of paper? Because it matters. But why does it matter? Well, it matters because you're going to do what other people won't do. You're going to see things that other people won't see. And when you're significant, you, you see opportunities other people don't see. And so that's the point I'm making is you got to have this overall why. There's two whys that really drive you. It's the big overall, bigger picture reason why. It's that deep meaning why. Like, why am I a cop? Because I want to serve people. I'll make a difference. But then why do I stop and talk to an elderly people person? Because that's how you do the bigger why. You know, so when you connect those two, you create crazy self-motivation in people. Well, you kind of so do that. You kind of do that in your book with each ingredient. Like you explain what the why behind each ingredient is and why, if you want to be, successful at leadership and get better at your leadership why these ingredients matter and not only why they matter but how to execute them um, well, it's just like you say in chapter 13 it says be a mentor and then we put mentoring helps grow you and others i mean you're exactly okay. right it answers the why i mean you're exactly right. right yeah so like you said there's a deeper there's always a message within this the one other part of the, the question that I'd ask you, and I just want you to spend a few minutes to wrap up this discussion on the why and, um, you know, just the want to is the importance of, of journaling and why you emphasize that so much. Um, just for those viewers that have not taken our class, every single class that we offer, um, we provide our students with a blank journal. And for a very good reason, because you're going to see important things in our classes that we can't just give you a workbook for. And in the whole adult learning process, you usually do a much better job if you're taking notes that are going to mean something for you to refer back to. So spend a few minutes talking about why journaling you feel is a really important component of leadership. Well, in the book, we actually, uh, William encourages Mark to start journaling really early. And yes. he does that because William knows that, first of all, all of us are going to live somewhat of a significant life. You might not have a significant title, but you're going to have people that want you to be significant. I don't care who it is. Like every kid that's born wants significant parents. I don't care. It's just true. So you're going to, life's journey is significant in general. So you need a way to memorialize those significant, not only moments, but what you learn in life. Life is about knowledge transfer. 
That's what life is really about. It's, it's why one generation knows more than another generation is because the generation spends time knowledge transferring. When you look at like, this is honest to goodness truth and, and not to wax really crazy here, but we didn't, we haven't had a world war three because we learned the devastation of world war two. And we transferred that knowledge to people. Yeah. It might sound good to do all that stuff and have all that. But let me tell you right now, when you get into a world war, you are everything in life changes. So we knowledge transfer and think about this for a moment. All those people that played significant roles and most all of them, and even the ones who didn't, most all of them found ways to write down their experiences so they would transfer it to the next generation. Because if you don't, it's gone to the ages. You know, the, one of the greatest lines I love in my life, because I love history, is when uh, Edward Stanton, Edwin Stanton, uh, watches Abraham Lincoln die, and he says, now he belongs to the ages. And there was a finality in that statement by Edwin Stanton when he said that, like, there's no more this great man is going to be able to produce. Now history will only see him. We won't get to see him anymore. And you look at any of Lincoln's writings, they're all masterful in the use of the language. Now, he didn't need a journal because he wrote letters. We don't write letters anymore. We, we, we don't have a way of doing it. But we need to memorialize what we accomplish in life because you need it. The next generation needs to see that. And I always say, how many people really would want a copy of their grandmother's grandfather's or great grandmother's grandfather's journal of mm -hmm. what they thought was significant in life. Yeah. I mean, how valuable would that freaking be? I would give anything to have my dad's thoughts on Martin Luther King when he was working with him as a bodyguard and spent two days with him. I'd love any, I'd love anything to see his conversation with Jesse Jackson and Abernathy and Andrew Young and Martin Luther King. Th those are historical figures, Billy Graham, uh, huh. President Nixon. My dad got to meet all those guys and talk, you know, talk to them and uh, spend a whole afternoon with Billy Graham. And I, you know, that's not anywhere. That's not written anywhere for me to, to, to look again and say, oh my gosh, you know, these were significant people. So journaling is a way to prove to yourself you're important. And if you don't believe in yourself, you have no chance. Like that's the key to everything. There, there's two things that are absolutely key in life. And I say this about self-motivating people in leadership. One, you got to believe in yourself. If somebody doesn't believe in themselves, they're very hard to lead. If they don't have a personal belief in themselves, they're very difficult to lead. They're, they're almost impossible to lead because they don't have a reason. They don't believe in themselves. The second thing is you have to have somebody to believe in you. When you max those two ingredients together, you got magic, right? I mean, you literally do. And Oh, so, absolutely. And, and when you look at journaling as a way to make yourself feel important, okay? It's the way to, to, to historically provide that. The, the second thing, uh, one of the other most important things is when you write things down, your brain changes how it handles them. And science and studies have shown you can write on a computer all day long. It is not the same thing. You were, you were designed to have a process of writing things down for your brain to show the importance of them. We are, we are, we've passed that trait on from generation to generation to generation to generation. And that's not going to go away anytime soon. So the second you start writing some that, something down, your brain signifies that importance. 
And it's funny, you you almost remember where that is. Like for me, when I journal in my in my journal, I always write time, place, context. And if I write time, place, context in my journal, that automatically takes me back to that time when I was thinking about that. So I don't lose that thought process. Like I write, you know, like last week I was writing notes in a master leader course. I write master leader course, Palm Beach County students, this day, this time, this is what happened. And then I write the note and then I go back to them and I know exactly what, I, what I'm trying to bring up. So it creates a, a magical path in your brain. And so when you write things too, it also puts things in one place where you don't have to go try to find it in 12 notebooks. And then the last thing that journaling does is it helps you stop being intellectually lazy. Because mm -hmm. if I know that I'm going to write something down, I create an intellectual path that gets me out of being lazy because a lot of people just read something and they're like, oh, okay, I'll remember that later. And then God knows you never do it. That's why we don't give booklets out in our class. We give journals is because booklets make students intellectually lazy mm -hmm. because you'll write down what my notes were and you'll just write a few notes of your own. And then when you go back to your office, you'll put it on a shelf. And the only time you look at it is when you get thrown out of the office, like right. when you have to move or you get kicked out or whatever, uh, you don't ever see it again. So the journaling is extremely important. You also Absolutely. talk about journaling and it helps you get better because you can go back and see what you thought about something years ago. And then now like years later be like, oh, well now I know about this or it, it, it sees, it helps you see the growth of where you were and where you are now. hundred percent. And you know, Kelly, you remember the, the uh, 21 day challenge we did? Oh yeah, I do. I carry that. <laughs> I still have the recording for that. <laughs> but you remember the 21 day challenge when um, we started writing down the scoring of how we were doing? Yes. Oh, uh, um, I, I actually still looked that. At, and I, I looked at that last week when I was in the class about marking my own growth and passing that information on to other people. So it's crazy how you do that. So it, yeah, it's amazing. Right. Journaling is and really I mean, important. It, it truly is. And I wanted to just give you a chance. Um, I One of the stories that is woven into this, I think is really important and it's very unique to what you teach in leadership is having tough conversations with people. And there is a storyline that is in this book that does that. I don't want to give the storyline away because to me, that's kind of what makes the book come together, if you will. Um, but there are three, three or four chapters devoted just to this topic. That's how important it is. And then um, it's resolved um, at the end of the book. So I wanted you to, if you want to do that now, we can certainly wrap up with just talking about that aspect. And then I'm sure we'll do um, future podcasts on some of the other key components of this book, just to help people get a good feeling for what's in it and what they could expect. Well, so one of the things that, that happens to a lot of leaders is that they have problem employees and everybody has them. And I don't mean they're devastatingly problem employees, but they're problems. They, they can, they, they're not motivated. They don't want to work. They're not on the same team. They're not rowing in the right direction. I mean, da, 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 da. And here, here's what I want to say about this. When you're going to have tough 
conversations. The reason you have to have tough conversations because you haven't done anything when the problem was simple. And this is what I want to say. When you deal with problems with employees, when they're simple, the conversation is simple. When you deal with problems with employees, when it's very complex, then the conversation is very complex. So the simpler you can get the problem when it's a simple problem, you, the simpler you can deal with the problem when it's a simple problem, you only have to have a very critical short conversation. Hey, let's get on the same page about that. We probably didn't, we, the communication wasn't good. Let's, let's get back on course. That is simple. But what happens is you don't have 10 of them. And now you've got 10 complex problems and it becomes a really cancerous problem. So in this book, in the book, you have this employee that Mark really doesn't have those conversations early with the employee. And well, he kind of inherits. He doesn't. Well, he inherits it with some of the issues as well that were. And and he ignored it and he ignored it when he got it, which there's three choices on tough conversations or critical versus crucial conversations. There's three choices. You can have a bad one. You can have a good one, or you can have not one, not one at all. And most people choose not having a conversation at all. And so in this one, William notices he hasn't had a conversation with him. He says, you've got to deal with this issue. We got to fix it. So here's how you do it. And he walks him through the process of critical versus crucial conversations. And it is like three chapters because it's such a vitally important component of leadership. It's the one skill set that most leaders never get training for is how to have tough conversations. And absolutely, you know, I mean, you could, I could write a whole book on tough conversations and, uh, but I will tell you that that's the number one problem for most leaders is they don't know how to have them. And then they go to a critical conversation. A crit- and the, the difference is this. Critical, you deal with the, the symptoms. Crucial, you deal with the behaviors. And which means the symptom would be coming in late. If you're going to have a critical, you'd say stop coming in late. That's critical. But a crucial, you'd find out what's going on, the deeper understanding, and getting people on the same page of the importance of being on time. And then you follow up with that. In the critical, you just say, stop being late, which the biggest problem with that is most leaders believe that's going to help and it never does. It really doesn't help people. And you got to do it, but stop expecting a miracle to happen and then all of a sudden to be on time early. It's not going to happen. So you almost get into a crucial situation with that. Thank goodness, most employees, like 60, 70% of our employees are, they kind of stay in the middle somewhere and they never get to the point where we really have to have those really, really tough conversations with them. But the ones who are causing us problems, we definitely got to do that. And this book is a really good guide on how do you have those tough, tough, crucial conversations with people? And when you have them, you can fix some problems pretty quickly. So anyway, it's, it's a good read with that. And it was a lot of fun writing this book. I, I, I stretched myself in this book. Like I literally stretched myself. Like I never thought I could write a story. You're talking about a guy that graduated at the bottom 10% of the co- of his class in high school and didn't really know how to read that well. And, uh, you know, but that just goes to show you, if you put your mind to things, you can get it done. And 
you know, it, it's an exercise in me trying to give a message of, man, we can be really good at this. We just have the right ingredients. So no, absolutely. Now, I, I hope everyone's getting a flavor for that. We will probably do at least a couple more episodes doing a deeper dive into some of the other ingredients in the leadership recipe. But I do want to encourage everyone to get out there and buy it. It's a lot of our, um, I guess, audience and tribe, if you will, will likely buy them for their entire um, section or department to read as a group. Um, and I encourage you to do that. So it's a great thing to dive into. And it's a really fast read. It really is. I mean, Dean did a great job with the dialogue. Um, it does have dialogue in it, which he never had written before. And he did an outstanding job on that. So I really think you'll enjoy it. It's um, a pleasant book to look at with all the great graphics in it. And it's a great story. And it's one that I think everyone can connect to regardless of what industry they're in. Mackenzie, what, what's your thoughts before we close um, this out? Kind of going off what she just said, um, like you said in the beginning of this podcast, our audience is mainly law enforcement, but me, especially coming from a non-law enforcement background, um, I, I think it literally could help anybody, anyone. Like I, I really think it's a great book to not only have like Kelly said, like a group of people to go through together, especially uh, within the workplace. But it's also a good book to give as a gift to somebody that you may personally know that's going through some kind of a tough time where they've been promoted and they are struggling, not knowing, you know, where to go from there. Um, it, it's a good book to give as well for people that Definitely. maybe just need some kind of a guidance um, in their life. Um, knowing how to deal with other people. Um, but yeah, like like she said, it's an easy read. It's um, all the visuals really help it, help you read it uh, very smoothly and easily. And um, I, I like the fact that it's in a story because okay. you, you kind of get into it. Like you, you're kind of like, oh, well, how is this going to play out? Or Oh, yeah. I wonder how this is going to go. And because um, not only do you give information on the ingredients, you also give examples of how it works and uh, within Mark and his journey as a leader. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I think it's it, it's it's a great book for anybody that's wanting to better themselves, um, not only as a leader, but as a person. And, and it also helps you um learn how to help other people better themselves as well because you can give them advice from the book that that you got from the book so yeah and you know one thing I, I want to say about this book and anything we put out it's part of our partnership with the folks who follow us and also our students who go to our classes that we really want to continue your learning your growing and all that stuff and we don't want to just we, we, I didn't write the book to sell books. I wrote the book to help someone really get better. And, you know, I want you to look at that as a partnership between me and you, uh, you, the reader, to really look at the book and say, hey, this thing has got some really good tips in it. And the one thing that's interesting about this is that, you, you know, you can pass it on to your husband, wife, whoever might be reading it, a significant other, partner, whatever, and really say, hey, th this is really not about law enforcement in general. It's about life in general, and you can really look at it and grow from there. So 
Right. I hope they pick up a copy of it. I encourage all of you to do it. Some it's yes. available at uh, Amazon. Uh, and do me a favor if you do read the book, uh, write us a review. People look at those, and uh, we're really marching forward with this book to try to make it uh, not only a bestseller, but we want to. That indicates a lot of people's looked at it, so we want that for the fact that we want people to get better as leaders because yes, we want world, a positive impact. Yeah, and our organization definitely needs that right now. So with that being said, I guess we're going to wrap up this podcast. And I want to thank uh, Kelly. Thank you again for uh, coordinating the podcast today. Mackenzie, thank you for joining us. This is your first podcast. I'm liking it. So the world is introduced to Craig out there now. You can watch this on Zoom or we put this on the YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to put uh, on the so, YouTube channel and, and we'll probably have some shorts of it. And it will also be on your favorite streaming audio service for podcasting. So, we'll probably run it in July. So, so take July. a look at our website, look at our classes coming up. We got a lot of open enrollment classes that are you can get into. And uh, we really hope that you'll uh, keep the journey going with us because we love taking the journey of leadership with other folks. And that's part of why we do this. So thank you all so very much today for joining us. Kelly, again, thank you, Mackenzie. Folks, we love the fact that you've joined us back in today. We're getting close to that 140 mark, Kelly. So we got to keep it going. We plan on getting our podcast. We're going to do one on significant leader coming up really soon in the near future. So thank you for that. And you know what? If you, have, if you have topics that you want Dean to speak to, let us know, you know, just submit a, re a request or a suggestion. We'll continue. Yeah, absolutely. And so we want to make sure that we encourage you folks to go out there and be significant, be the significant you that you know you can be. It really does matter to people being significant. And we want to make sure everybody out there joins us. Look at LHLN, look at our podcast, or not a podcast, but our, our uh, website. We got some videos on there. We got things we you can learn. Drop us a note. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. Uh, we've been turning out the Significant Leader Awards. We've gotten uh, I, over 50 people who have gotten a Significant Leader Award in the past couple of months. So that means they've taken all three classes, and we give a really nice uh, uh, two coins and a a laminate, I guess, is what you call the acrylic base uh, clear you. with your name on it being significant leader. So it's really pretty cool. Look at all that stuff and we really appreciate it. So as we always say, thank you for joining us on this podcast. And until next time, I'm Dean Chris. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Straight Talk on Leadership with Dean Crisp. Please help us continue to grow our audience by subscribing to, liking, and sharing your favorite episodes. We would love your support in making Dean's book become a bestseller. Amazon is currently running a 10% off special on the paperback version of the book. It is a great summer read for personal and professional growth. Again, thank you for listening and remember to keep leadership simple by learning it, living it, and giving it every day.